the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. We are thrilled that you are listening to us, or at least pretending to listen to us, or you <laughs> you, you you have kept us, you've stayed subscribed to us, even if you're not listening to us anymore. That's which, okay. It still it still counts. <laughs> Just keep keep yeah. downloading our episodes. <laughs> so even if. Even if you're not hearing this, there's no way you'll know what I just said. But uh, for the rest of you, wow. welcome. Yeah, this is getting bad. It is, <laughs> but uh, we're running on little sleep around here. So, real quick, before we get uh, into too much today, I want to get you our information. You can find us online www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can find us on facebook.com/worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com/wmcatalyst. You can leave us a voicemail at three six zero eight one eight four three three nine. You can go to our website on the home page and on the right-hand side of the page. You can click, and using the microphone on your computer, you can leave us a voice message right there without having to use your phone or call long distance. We would love it if you would uh, review us on iTunes and give us a review, your honest review, even if you don't like the show. That helps us too, but uh, review us, you know, give us a couple stars over there. And, of course, you can always send an email to david at com or kevin at com. And we are thrilled Yay! to have another guest with us on this episode. Uh, it's Yay. somebody that I've been following around on uh, through his blog and on Twitter in the last, uh, I don't know, two months maybe. I think I discovered him probably earlier this year, but I've really been following him a little more seriously in the last couple of months. And he's had a lot of great content on his blog, and that is David Santa Stephen. I I should have asked before we hit record if I was going to say your name correctly. David, that was but, that was absolutely perfect. I've never heard yes. somebody pronounce my name that well. So that <laughs> wow. is incredible. Well, you can uh, you can find him online, davidsantastephen.com. And uh, real quick, why don't you just give us all of your information so we get that in right at the top of the show. Yeah, um, what kind of information? Just yeah, any anything you're willing for people to look at of yours. Yeah, the the main the main place that you you know want to go to for my content is like you mentioned, davidsantastephen.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter at dsantastephen. Um, on Facebook, there you can just search my name, and uh, that's basically where uh, where all my stuff is. So I look forward to connecting with you. Great. So. Um, one thing I've noticed and really appreciated is, is for one, you have a, uh, a tremendous discipline to post regularly. And so as a result of that, you've given us worship leaders and worship team members out in the blogosphere, a lot of great content that we can use. And actually, one of your posts uh, about public speaking was kind of our guide to a podcast episode we did just a few episodes back about uh, public speaking. So you've already been on the show whether you wanted to or not. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> 
So um, for our listeners out there, would you mind giving us just a, a quick bio, you know, who you are, where you are, what you do, and, uh, and tell us just a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Yeah, I am a full-time worship creative arts pastor in the Pittsburgh area um, at Allison Park Church. And um, I have been leading worship since I was in junior high and uh, just be, been wow. such a, a big part of my life. Um, felt called into, into worship ministry when I was really just around that time in junior high where, you know, I experienced the presence of God for the very first time and um, just really felt like him drawing me to, uh, to do this. And so, uh, man, just have been a part of worship teams and leading worship in various contexts all throughout junior high, high school and college. And uh, now I get to do this full time. And um, also, I love to teach, and so that's kind of a big thing I do with my blog is um, just love to uh, instruct worship leaders and worship teams on, you know, the why behind the what. You know, it's not just about, um, you know, getting good music and good tones on Sunday morning, but it's about our hearts, you know, and it's about making disciples. It's about, you know, just being what God calls us to be. And so um, I just love to do that. And also I like to, to learn, you know, I, I make a lot of mistakes. And so I, <laughs> I write about all of those on the blog. So a lot, a lot of the stuff you read isn't because I'm necessarily an expert. It's just because I'm learning from a lot of the mistakes that I, I am making in, uh, you know, as I grow as a worship leader as well. So well, that's one of the great aspects about your writing is your authenticity. And, you know, it's great to, it's always refreshing to hear somebody sharing real bits of life and not uh, glossing over the uh, ugly parts or the parts that don't look so pretty in the mirror. But that's, that's great to, to hear. That's one of the things that, that Kevin and I strive to do, right, Kevin? Oh yeah. We, we want to show, you know, just how imperfect we are. <laughs> we're, we're real people, real people. Well, yeah. David, let me ask you a question as we kind of jump in here. Um, you know, as, as I've been reading articles on your blog, um, one of the things I've been really impressed with is um, you, you seem to have just a really good grasp on the fact um, that, that worship leading, uh, it's a privilege it's a responsibility. It's something that we're called to do. Um, in several of your articles, you you know you talk about um, you know how I mean you can get caught up in all the technical aspects. Um, but I remember one you know one thing uh, you said was you know we lead worship because uh, something like we lead worship because we're convinced um, that that Jesus is God or Jesus is is worthy. And can you just talk a little bit about uh, that? that mind frame that sometimes we that trap we fall into as worship leaders of trying to make everything sound good and, and look good and be perfect versus maybe what is a, a more appropriate authentic way of leading worship yeah absolutely yeah i believe you know worship is all about you know being amazed by god and staying amazed by god you know like um, you know, a lot of times local churches will look for the person with the greatest musical talent, you know, to be their worship leader. And, you know, musical talent is great, but even more important than that is just the fact that you are in love with Jesus, you know, and that's kind of where authentic worship begins. And, and that's sort of like, that's the tension, that's the, the struggle, you know, that as worship leaders, we're constantly dealing with, you know, because, you know, every weekend we want to pursue excellence in our craft. You know, we want to have a tight team. We want to have good music and good sound. But more important than that is that, you know, that we don't lose our first love. 
you know, and so I think that's the highest calling is that as worship leaders and as worship teams, we can stay amazed by Jesus, that when we stand in front of our congregations, we can truly say, you know what, I am more in love with Jesus today than I was yesterday, you know, and that that comes by, you know, constantly seeking God, you know, and, and seeing God in your everyday life, you know, whether that's in scripture, you know, constantly allowing God to reveal himself to you or just in creation or just as you go about your day, just living your life through that lens where you say, Jesus, you're amazing. How can I experience you today? And I think that helps us kind of have, you know, keep that tender heart before God as leaders, which is is so important. Well, yeah, it's, you know, something Kevin and I talked about just recently was, was the fact that we spend a lot of time preparing the music, but how much time are we spending in our, you know, in our worship uh, band rehearsals or and leading our team in general and preparing them for worship and praying, you know, preparing them to lead in worship. And, and so that's, you know, it's a great point that you make. Yeah. And I've even, I'm even more recently just really been convicted by this where, you know, like my, my rehearsals are pretty intense. You know, I'm sort of a musical perfectionist. You could call me a musical nerd if you will. And so I'm constantly, (laughs) you know, like, tweaking arrangements and getting real technical with music, which I think is great. But if you lose this, the, the real heart and spirit of worship, you, you're, you're kind of missing everything. So I'm actually, you know, starting to structure my rehearsals more around, you know, just flowing um, in, in a worship experience, you know, teaching the team how to flow, teaching the team how to just, you know, encounter God, experience God, pour out your heart to him. Um, and, to, you know, in my opinion, that's more important than just having, you know, a great musical experience or performing a great worship set. But it's encountering Jesus together and inviting people into that that experience with God. And that's that's what I'm hungry for. Well, yeah, the, you know, the inspiration our congregations derive from our sheer musical talent and ability isn't going to last very long. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're if they're connecting with God on a weekly basis, that you know that obviously has power to last for eternity. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the hope of worshiping forever and eternity. But you know, we we don't have any hope if we rely solely on our own ability to lead people. Yeah. In a meaningful experience, just based on who we are. Yeah, and I think what's interesting too is, as you know, as worship leaders, we're we're creative people. You know, we're kind of artsy. You know, so we like. We like, you know, certain musical instruments and certain arrangements, but, you know, most of the people in our congregations, they're not, that's not really on their mind. They're not coming to church necessarily for, you know, a great musical experience or to have their mind blown by a drum solo or a guitar solo. They're coming because they're hungry for God. They want to meet with God. They want to meet with God, you know, and I think it's our responsibility as leaders and, and as leaders, you know, who are training our worship teams that we have that uh, perspective, you know, that we're coming saying people are, want to encounter Jesus. Let's help them get there. Let's not get in the way. Let's let's move all the fluff aside and just portray Jesus as best as we possibly can. Shine the greatest spotlight upon the cross that we can. And so, so what what would you say is maybe one one way we can do that? How one way we can. Um, train our our future musicians and and worship team members and and help our church keep that attention on Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think I think it comes it comes down in a lot of ways to to what we 
what we really value and what we value is what we're going to communicate to our teams. And so, you know, if, if we value musical excellence, that's what, you know, eventually that's what we're going to get, which is great. But if we never speak of our value of the presence of God, you know, or cast vision to our teams for what it's really all about, um, they're not going to come with that expectancy, you know. So it's our responsibility to sort of create that culture in our team. And one way to do that would be even just, you know, at, at every one of your worship rehearsals, you know, every one of your services, you know, before you step out on stage is to remind people about what, what this is really all about. And then hold people accountable, you know, at the end of a service, maybe gather your team together and say, hey, here's what went well. You know, it seemed like, man, we were really all going after God here. Or maybe this this other you know, part of the set, you could say, here's where we could improve. Here's where we could really, you know, focus on Christ a little bit more. And so casting vision and then, um, you know, come stepping back and evaluating that with your team. Mm -hmm. Well, um, that kind of leads us into one of the things that I found interesting about, about you and your blog that I would love for you to talk about a little bit, because I think it's a great resource for, for worship leaders and uh, worship team members out there, anyone who's who's really wanting to take their worship ministry to the next level, um, you're you're kind of going through a, a course right now, leading everyone through uh, you know a weekly lesson. Who has signed up for this? And you know you're starting at the beginning and and taking us all the way to the end, which we're not there yet. But I signed up for it and I've enjoyed the lessons. And would you mind sharing just a little bit about that? You know how people can sign up for that for one, but then just what what they can expect if they sign up for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so th- this whole idea about creating this course um, was sort of born out of my own experience. You know, when I was a young worship leader. Um, you know, I, I didn't have a clue about what I was doing. I just had no idea. I was sort of thrown into leading worship and I was scared out of my mind. And, and I wish I would have had at that moment, you know, a coach or somebody who would come alongside me and really help me with a lot of practical tips for leading worship. And so I wanted to provide that for worship leaders in a really easy format. And and what it is, it's a once a week email, it's 20 parts and you can sign up for it on my blog, uh, com forward slash NLWL, Next Level Worship Leading. Um, and uh, basically, it's just a 20-part course, and it, it it dives into a lesson a week, um, really just practical tips for worship leaders, you know, related to... Um, you know, developing your team to, you know, using click tracks to a lot of other practical aspects of what it means to lead worship, what it means to connect with a congregation, what it means to disciple people, just things that I'm basically learning myself as I go through this journey. And uh, it's been incredible, just the the conversations I've had with so many worship leaders across the world uh, and the amazing things that people are are doing, the the great leaders that are out there. And so, uh, yeah, it's a great resource uh, just to, to connect with, with other worship leaders uh, across the world and uh, to just learn together. So, Well, one of the things I, you know, I connected with, loved about it right away is what you said, you know, you were, what drove you to do it is that you wanted that for yourself, but it didn't really exist. And that's, you know, that's right in line with the heart of why Kevin and I started this, you know, four or five years ago is that... We both wanted somebody in our lives to kind of to mentor us and to take us under their wing and coach us, and and neither of us had really found that in a significant way at that point, and you know so that's why we started it, and so it's great to hear you know more 
more and more worship leaders out there doing this and taking up the the call of you know shepherding and mentoring. Yeah, and, and just yeah, and I wanted to you know provide another alternative to like big worship conferences. You know, like those are great. Like I love going to conferences, but there is a lot of worship leaders at, at small churches, you know, who don't have the budget to be able to go to a big conference, you know, and so I wanted to provide this context where this is a free resource, you know, in a, in a way that, that they can learn, they can grow, that they can develop their teams uh, without having to, to travel, to pay for airfare and flight and, and for a conference, so. Right. Yeah, that's great. We, you know, with us, we, we've had that very same burden is, you know, we both have been in churches where we didn't have big budgets and we didn't have, a, you know, just an unlimited amount of money. And we've also have felt, at least I have felt, I shouldn't, I don't want to speak too much for Kevin, but, um, no, go, go ahead. Speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I feel a little bit guilty when we're asking our volunteers to give so much on, on a weekly basis to then ask them to, to give a whole bunch of money and to give up a bunch of time with their family and to give up a weekend and to go back to work the next week, worn out and tired to go to a conference. But, uh, you know, the more we can kind of fill the interwebs with great resources like this and, and really support and encourage our teams, give them something to go chew on without having, having to give up a whole lot out of their lives. I think the better off our worship is going to be in all the local churches that, that participate in something like this. Yeah, I agree. So, um, you are in Pittsburgh, right? Yep. Unfortunately, that makes you a Steelers fan. <laughs> I don't know about the whole unfortunately part, but uh. you know, <laughs> pretty proud myself. So, yes. <laughs> well, I, I grew up in Ohio. I'm a you know, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I, I we haven't talked about that too much on the show because you know the Bengals have been not great for a long time. We've we've openly talked about the fact that I'm. Ohio State Buckeyes fan. Buckeyes, mm. huge I, Buckeyes. I fan. still have no problem talking about that on the show, even you know, with all the issues of this last year. But <laughs> um, you know, coming from the Midwest, there there are things that that are different for you than there are for us out here. Um, I'm curious, you know, since since I, I've been out here, you know, the whole world has kind of developed in this in the and the uh, internet and and internet, you know, the 2.0 with all the blogs and social networking and stuff like that. I'm curious if you have seen in Pittsburgh back in, you know, a different cultural part of the country than we have out here, if you've seen kind of a morphing towards more of a unified vision, a unified look of worship, as opposed to, you know, a decade ago when you could go to a different part of the country and really feel like you were in a different world altogether when it came to worship. Yeah, well... Does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, a big... I, I don't, and I don't know if this is, you know, happening over where you guys are, but there's a there's just a big surge uh, in, in my area, and I'm, I'm noticing it in some other areas where, where church planning is such a, a big um, emphasis. And so there... Uh, I'm noticing just a lot of, you know, with more churches being planted, that there are is a need for more worship leaders, you know. And so I'm, uh, I'm seeing so many young people being raised up 
to to lead worship. You know, it's like this next generation is really rising up. You know, those who, uh, you know, who never thought in a million years that they would ever lead worship are catching a passion for it. And I know, like in our church context here, we're a big church planning church. We actually have a vision to to plant a hundred churches in the next ten years, which is like a a massive massive vision. And just the scope of that vision demands that we raise up, you know, the next generation to, to lead worship and to, to step up into leadership. And so, um, man, I'm just seeing that as, as, a, as, a, as a great thing, you know, that this next generation is, is ready and hungry uh, to be launched out, you know, to lead. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just exciting to see. So I, I don't know if, if, if church planning is, is a big thing happening out there, but um, I know in, in this area uh, it, it's happening a lot. A lot of people being raised up and, you know, non-typical people who are becoming pastors and worship leaders. It's just really, really exciting to see what God is doing, how he's inspiring people uh, to, to rise up and to, to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh- you know, Kevin, join in on this. I know I've over in this part of the town. You know, we've seen several church plants kind of come up in the last year, even. Yeah, um, I don't know if you're experiencing that out on the east side. Oh yeah, on the east side of Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll uh, at least where where I am. Uh, Dave is kind of the west Vancouver. I'm the east Vancouver. Um, you know, out, out that way uh, towards Camus, there's just a lot of new development, um, just a, a lot of uh, kind of commerce and industry that's that's been, you know, brewing. And so what we're finding is, you know, out, out over here, we're finding, um, you know, that there's, there's this kind of newness, you know, everything's very new. And so what we're getting um, are we're getting churches that have been established that are uh, uh, planting satellite churches, you know, kind of in a, a new way, in a new area, um, oftentimes, um, you know, maybe taking a new building in a, uh, a strip mall or, or something like that, an office complex. And um, so that that's what I've been seeing some of uh, over on the east side here. Yeah. But, but there does... Yeah, I, there is a movement just kind of, at least across America, of people, um, I want to be careful how I say this, but, but people who have just uh, decided that the status quo in a lot of churches um, is maybe inefficient, and there's a lot of resources that are spent on, on things that don't have a whole lot to do with with uh, the kingdom have to do with other things and so they want to you know they want to go out and and do a church that has you know the gospel at the heart of its mission and you know maybe some you know maybe some other more specific vision but you know just it's a refreshing movement to see that there are a lot of people out there that really want want Jesus to be at the center of what they're doing and it's great to you know to experience that even vicariously through through the you know through reading about them and hearing about people like you and the great story that you have yeah, and I think I'm also noticing too, and I sort of hinted at this, but a lot of artists who are uh, catching a passion for worship. I've seen this in numerous people, even just in my in my town here, who are you know incredible you know vocalists and you know who've been a part of different bands and you know different secular musical endeavors who are becoming worship pastors, and I just think that's incredible to for you know people who 
are wanting to do this more full time. They're wanting to lead people in worship. Like that's they're finding um, a, a satisfaction in that that's deeper than what they've experienced in other musical venues. You know, being able to stand in front of a group of people and point them to Jesus. You know, and to uh, encounter God with a, with a, a local body of believers. Uh, I love how that is just capturing people's imagination and it's capturing the next generation. And so, um, that's, that's what I want to pour my life into, you know, is raising up that next generation of people who are, who are passionate for Jesus and, and, uh, raising up others to do the same. Yeah. Um, you know, in that line with it, with a whole new, a whole new world of, of worshipers and worship leaders and, and worship arts, uh, members, what would you say then is the greatest need for you as a worship pastor in your current role and the worship ministry you, you, you lead as well as, you know, the greatest need for uh, a lot of these up and coming worship leaders? Yeah, I think the, the greatest need um, really is to is for people to develop their own personal worship uh, because. I mean, you can get the most talented guy on stage. You know, he has a voice like no other. He can sing any worship song better than any artist out there. You know, just the greatest musical talent. Um, but all they're all they're all they're doing is kind of performing worship songs. And mm-hmm. and I, I think where we're headed is is that's that's not going to cut it. We need worship leaders who are in love with Jesus. You know who can't wait for Sunday to come because they just want to experience God together with their church. You know, worship leaders who uh, believe that when the people of God gather together, that Jesus is there, that the Holy Spirit is there, and they're hungry for that. They're, they're more passionate for encountering God than they are singing their favorite songs or arranging yeah, yeah. a tight band or, or writing music even, or creating a CD. Uh, they, they want to experience Jesus, you know, and that's the driving force of their life. I think that's what's most important, uh, is, is worship leaders who can really bear their soul and, and worship Jesus, uh, in front of their congregations and really lead their congregations to do that. And I just think that takes, you know, intentional discipleship, you know, and, and kind of training people, what this is all about, you know, teaching them how to do that. Yeah, I, I just, I think it's so right on, um, you know, and again, I mean, what what you're saying is uh, so simple but profound, and I really, really appreciate just um, that emphasis on, on what is worship, and, and when we're singing and when we're coming before him, it's not just a song, it's not just trying to get the best sound, but it's an expression, it's an act of love, it's, it's a, even an obedience of when we humble ourselves and when we look to our Father God. Um, I, I just think it's, it's easy. I mean, for me, and I'm, I'm guilty of it, you know, of getting caught up in the technical and the musical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what, you, what you say on your blog and what you've been saying here, uh, I, I just want to just reaffirm how, um, how simple and profound it is all at the same time. Yeah, I like to... To use the analogy of, you know, like a a waiter or a waitress in a restaurant, you know, they are there 
um, you know, to, to give customers the greatest experience possible. You know, they want to lead them to have a great experience so that they keep coming back. And I think as worship leaders, that's kind of what we do, where we are, we're setting the stage for people. We're setting the table for the church to come and to feast upon God. You know, we want, we want God to be the emphasis. You know, we don't, we, we, we believe in musical excellence because we don't, we don't want to be a distraction to people. We don't want our bands to be making mistakes because then, uh, the focus becomes, you know, all the mistakes that are happening on stage rather than the glory of God. And so that's why we practice. That's why we want to be excellent is so that, uh, people can really get a clear picture of Jesus. You know, we're setting the stage so that Jesus is in full view and, uh, that's just that's my biggest passion, and that's what I hope that I'm instilling, you know, through my writing, but also just here in my local church, just instilling that in my team. If we're not, you know, we said this already, but if we're not doing that, then what's the point? You know, if we're not, if we're not pointing people to Jesus, if we're not, you know, creating or leading people to to have passion for for connecting with the Creator of the universe, then then why, you know, why sing worship songs at all? Right. <laughs> Go do something else. Go sing some other kind of music that that is fulfilling in and of itself. But you know, for us as as worship leaders and worship team members, we've got to be pushing pushing our our teams and our church toward that end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that kind of leads us into one of the other things that that I've appreciated from you. Um, and this is something Kevin and I I think we've kind of mentioned from time to time, but we haven't at this point really devoted a whole episode to it. And that is, um, the importance of, of theology for worship leaders and, you know, worship team members, worship pastors, worship arts members of all kinds. Um, you know, it's easy to get, get, you know, get the top 10 songs and just assume that, you know, they're going to be the greatest, uh, in terms of connecting with a congregation, but it gets a little bit more difficult, especially if you get into uh, you know certain denominations and and where you know the beliefs of your denomination, and and then making sure that you're singing worship songs that connect with the doctrine of your denomination. Um, how would you recommend? You know, Kevin and I both went to Bible and theology school, so we're hopefully you know a little better off than maybe some. But you know, probably not. I've forgotten most of what. <laughs> Hopefully, we learned something, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, if uh, if people who are just kind of getting into this and getting out there on on their own, what would you recommend for for them to get into learning a good, just kind of foundational level of theology? Yeah. Um... Well, I would start, I know this is the obvious answer, but, um, you know, start with scripture. And I know that sounds really basic, but I think there's a lot of worship leaders out there that, that really don't read their Bibles. And, you know, that starts with, you know, as simple as a simple daily Bible reading plan and really kind of holding yourself to that. Uh, I would start with that. And I think there's a lot of other great resources out there, um, and I wouldn't even, I would encourage you to, to not even necessarily read books about worship, uh, but maybe try reading some, some theology books. And <laughs> I mentioned this to a lot of my other, some of my other worship leader friends, and a lot of them, like, 
scoff at the idea a little bit because they don't really like to read all that much. Uh, but I just try to challenge that in people because I think that the more that you think about the God that you worship, the more that you study who he is, uh, the more you'll, you'll be amazed by him, like I said at the beginning here. You know? And so um, you know, reading some other just books about the character of God, you know, a book like Knowing God by J.I. Packer, that's one of the best worship leader books out there, you know, because it's really, it's all about the nature of God or say like The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. Like it's just a book that is totally about God. And so it gets you thinking about who God is, what is his character, what is he like, um, you know, what what doesn't he like? And then, you know, your your view of God, as your view of God expands, your worship will then expand. You know, I, I've heard Matt Redmond say this a lot. Like the more, the more you see of God, the more you love Him, and it should be our quest. It should be our life's goal to, to yeah. see more of God, and that's that's that is also by you know our minds. You know, thinking upon Him, reading Scripture, reading theology, just kind of growing in that whole understanding. Yeah, would you would you say that? Um... Would you say that it's it's more important to know and understand God uh, than it is to than it is to help you know develop and and experience your own personal worship? Uh, in other in other words, you know, are you kind of advocating for in order to worship, you got to understand God first? No, I don't. I don't think so because I think that might discourage some people who would say, uh, "Yeah, I really don't know very much about God." So I'm, I'm going to hold off on my worship until I learn a little bit more. I think it's both and. I think you should always worship whatever level of understanding you have. Maybe you just came to Christ five minutes ago. Start worship, worshiping him, you know, but get yourself on some sort of path where you are, you're learning more, where you're, where you're, you're studying scripture, you know, where it's not just this like microwave theology, you know, where it's 30 seconds a day, but it's push yourself, stretch yourself to go a little bit deeper, especially as a worship leader. That's important. You just, you can't afford to not, to not do that because you are leading people to experience God and you can't lead people to a place that you're not personally going if that makes sense. So, um, you know, so yeah, worship at whatever place you are in your walk with God, but always be, be pressing on to know more of who he is because honestly it's, it's like endless, you know, eternity will, won't even be enough time for us to really unravel the depths of God's glory, you know? So it's kind of like a, a forever pursuit, which is, which is exciting. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you said it, you can't take you can't take someone where we're not already going. Um, I'd kind of piggyback on that and say we can't. You you mentioned this earlier, but we can't only go there on Sundays. Yeah, yeah, you know, we can't only go to that place of worship when we are in front of a congregation. Right. We've got to. It's got to. It's got to have some significant, some significant time outside of you know outside of connecting with the body. So. Yeah. So that's you know that's great, great information, great input there. Um, really quick here before we start, before we start wrapping up, um, I would love it, and I know you've you've uh, been encountering a lot of worship leaders from around the world through your blog, and uh, you know you've gotten a lot of great comments, a lot of great interaction with some of the uh, some people on some of your blog posts. Um, what would you, you know, how would you encourage 
just worship leaders in general, what would be what would be your word of encouragement that you would have for us as worship leaders, you know, going into this week, maybe going into this fall season, getting ready uh, to gear up again here for another school year? What would be your word of encouragement, your word of, of support for us as we head into that? Yeah, I would say, you know, be who God has called you to be. I think there's a lot of worship leaders who feel inferior because they don't have as many CDs as Chris Tomlin. You know, they don't, they don't, <laughs> right. you know, they don't, they're not on this global worship tour. So they feel like they're secondary. And I would just say, you know, whether you lead worship at a 20,000 member church or you're leading for a nursing home, like both have their place in the kingdom and what, what you're doing matters. Um, you're not just, you're yeah. not just entertaining people with music, but you are a catalyst for people catching the revelation of Jesus Christ, you know, and, and I would say just, just rest secure in that success doesn't doesn't depend on how many people are in your church or how many songs you write or how many, you know, hit CDs you create. It's about your heart. It's about who you're pouring into in your local church. So don't, don't neglect the heart, you know, and know that God has, has gifted you and called you to do what you're doing right where you are right yeah. now. And you are, you are successful and just believe that. Well, and I think just to add to that, you know, there's some things that that we can't control. Like, you know, I can't control whether or not a recording, you know, company is going to publish my my music, even if I have great songs. You know, it it it, it takes some work to do all that. But what yeah. I can control is my heart, and I can control, you know, my my attitude every day of the week. Where am I being a worshiper? Uh, the rest of the week, am I coming to church on Sunday just wanting to make awesome music, or am I coming to church on Sunday wanting to reflect the reality of the presence of God in my life? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that excellent note, I think we will uh, start to wrap this up. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today, David. Uh, it's been just a privilege to to get to hear from your heart and uh, get to know you just a little bit over the short conversation. Yeah. Before we leave, once again, why don't you tell people where they can find you online? Yeah, you can find me online at, at davidsantastephen.com. And I know that's probably impossible for you to spell. So it's S. <laughs> I'll spell it for you. S-A-N-T-I-S-T-E-V-A-N.com. And that's sort of like my home base for my ministry things that I do and uh, my writing and stuff. So feel free to, to check it out. And we will have a link to that in the show notes. So you can go find that there. Um, of course, you can get in touch with us anytime online as well, worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can get in touch with us on facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 360-818-4339. You can leave us a voice message right on our homepage by clicking the link on the right side of the screen and using your microphone on your computer. You can leave us a voicemail message there. And, of course, you can always send us an email to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com or... Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Thanks so much, David, for joining us today. Hey. Thank you for listening. Yeah. I'll let you have the last word. Yeah, thanks, guys, for the opportunity. Appreciate what you're doing as well to just resource the local church. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's our privilege. Yes. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.